The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Greetings. This is Civil Politics on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. I am Stefan Ward-Wheaton, returning, <laughs> returning after a long hiatus um, to uh, fill in for Mr. Mike Dow. And of course, we're here joined with um, our regular panelist, Sue Timberlake. Always here. And uh, <laughs> genre Dr. Roberts is uh, on Doc. the boards. We just call him Doc. Doc, Doc Roberts. <laughs> Um, so I'm, um, I'm, I'm returning to, uh, to, well, to help host the show for one thing, um, but also to, uh, do sort of a, um, an electoral grand roundup in advance of Tuesday's midterm elections, since it is that time finally for those of us who have been waiting for a long time for this to come to pass. Midterms, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, and um, I should uh, let you know, first it's of all... It's not the Electoral Super Bowl. <laughs> it's the Electoral Rose Bowl. Yes. The Rose Bowl. Okay. <laughs> still, still plenty of excitement, though, for all of us. Also, and, go Sox. <laughs> yes. Sports ball and yeah. political ball. Yeah. Um, well, Boston is the city of champions. So. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how how championy we're feeling Tuesday night when, oh. <laughs> as a reminder, we will be hosting a um, an election uh, live special from nine to eleven this coming Tuesday night as the returns are coming in. So tune in once again here to Valley for Radio. Radio. Um, there'll be personnel from uh, Civil Politics, of course, as well as Occupy the Airwaves. We'll have a couple people from that show on to uh, help us Hockey kind of... Wheeland, I think, is going to come in. Oh, great. Excellent. Yeah. So much the, the better. She's on the possible list, so okay. let's hope. <laughs> it'll, it'll be crowded in here, that's <laughs> for sure. Um, quick reminder, uh, it uh, always you can uh, get at Civil Politics on the socials. You can email us Civil Politics Radio at valleyfreeradio.org. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. On Twitter, we are Twitter uh, at civilpoliticsfm is our handle on Twitter. And um, also for classic episodes, um, you can go to our website, civilpoliticsradio.com, where we uh, archive MP3 copies of past shows. So... Thanks again for joining us on the program. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, Sue, Sue, do you want to start us off with any? Um, you have a good. You have a, if anything, a better. Uh, oh, uh, on. One more thing: if you are listening right now and you'd like to uh, follow along with uh, and get any sources or anything, um, I try to post links that are related to the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. Just follow the hashtag Civil References. Hashtag Civil References. Those civil references. You know where to go, folks. Do you want to just um, do, we can just do a quick rundown of who's on the mass ballot. Cause sure. There's, um, Let's uh, do it. Governor Baker and Polito, Republicans, incumbents, Jay Gonzalez, and is it Quinn Palfrey? Quinn Palfrey is the yeah. lieutenant governor uh, candidate. No Libertarian or Green Party. Secretary of State, um, William Galvin, Democrat incumbent. Anthony Amore um, from Swampscott is the Republican. And Juan Sanchez is a Green Rainbow Party, which is it's okay. very nice. We're starting to get a couple of different parties here on the on the ballot. Yes. Uh, auditor Susan Bump, the incumbent. 
uh, Republican is Helen Brady. And there's four people in this race. Daniel Fishman is a libertarian. And Edward Stomas from Northampton is the Green Rainbow Party. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why all the turnout for that race. Um, Treasurer uh, Deb Goldberg is the incumbent Democrat. Uh, Kiko Oral, Kiko M. Oral is a Republican running. And Jamie M. Gurren is a Green Rainbow. He's from Northampton. Okay. Um, Governor's Council. I'm, we're starting to get down in the weeds here. Um, <laughs> only... Is that right? One? Oh, no. Uh, Mary Hurley, Democrat, is the incumbent. And Mike Franco is a Massachusetts Independence Party. You don't see too many folks in the party anymore. I think that's Evan, uh, Evan Mc, was it Ellen Mc, Evan McMullen who was running under that? Uh, Evan. Yeah, and he's out of Holyoke. So um, the state Senate, we're just going to have one person on the ballot here, um, Joe Comerford, who was a write-in. Yes. Democrat. Uh, state rep. Lindsay Sabadoza won the Democratic primary, and there's nobody running against Right, for the, the district comprising Northampton and a couple towns surrounding. Yeah, and I haven't picked up all the towns, and I apologize for that, because we wanted to talk about a lot of the national races, too. Right. Um, U.S. Senator um, Elizabeth Warren is the incumbent running against Jeff Deal, Republican. And there's um, Steve, Steve, uh, Shiva Durai from Belmont, my old hunting grounds, and uh, he's been making some pretty bad comments about her mm. Native American heritage and other things. So, oh, um, U.S. rep is um, James McGovern's the incumbent. Uh, Tracy Lovorn from she's Republican from Grafton is running against him. Clerk of the courts one one candidate Harry Jackanowski Jr. Democrat, and Registry of Deeds uh, Mary. K. Oberding of Bel, uh, Belchertown. So wow. no, those are all, all that all those races unopposed. Yes, it's yeah, sort that's, of amazing. I mean, that's it's a perennial issue, especially in Massachusetts politics, where a lot of races are are get to be so lopsided. Um, and if I missed your race, I apologize. I just went yeah. down sort of what was on the ballot here the, in Northampton. So. Exactly. Those are what Northampton voters will see. In addition to the three, um, the three statewide questions on the oh, ballot, yeah, the ballot questions, questions one, two, and three. Question one, of course, is um, whether or not to um, impose um, ratios of nurse-to-patient nurse ratios in Massachusetts hospitals. That's been a, a hotly contested one. Yeah. Um, and and uh, a lot of the polls have been neck and neck yeah. on this one. There's a ton of spending. It's something like 15 to $20 million has been spent, mostly on the no side. Um, and um, Mary um, Claire Higgins used to be the mayor of Northampton, who's uh, president or CEO of, uh, exec of Committee Action. She did a great... Um, uh, what do you call it, um, editorial in the paper. Uh, and um, she said her heart goes with the yes and her head goes with the no. She actually didn't know how she would vote on that one. Mm. And that's saying a lot because she really follows the issues pretty closely. And Yeah. You know. I think it's it's turning out to be one that takes a lot of care and thought, I think, because for those of us who aren't uh, embedded in the healthcare system, it's a. It can seem like a bit of a, you know, a, a sort of a down in the weeds type of question, but I think it's going to have a lot of implications for the future of kind of uh, how we manage healthcare in the state. 
um, which I think is important to consider as a lot of people are sort of taking up the question of whether or not to uh, try attempt something like Medicare for all for Massachusetts. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna expound more on that except that I'm 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 a yes with some reservations on question one because I understand that there are issues with it um, as it's written. Um, but I do think that it is very important in terms of um, stemming what is really an unmanageable situation for nurses, for nurses and for practitioners across the state. I mean, there are so many nurses who've come out and just talked about their living conditions, and it's uh, it sounds, frankly, I, like I, I wouldn't last 15 minutes. <laughs> so. I know a few young people have gone into the field and left because they felt it was dangerous because they right. didn't get enough training. They were on shifts. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm a yes too. So believe it or not, we actually agree, oh, which is unusual. So <laughs> yeah. certainly on a topic like that, right? Um, but as you said, there's there's two other ballot questions, yes. and there is a four and a five on some ballots, right? There. Um, so so quickly, the other two um, question two is um, let me sure let me make sure I'm saying Just this to right. create a commission. Um, to it, <laughs> yes, it's it's targeted at. Um, It's essentially a a post-Citizens United bill, and it would create a Citizens Commission to consider and recommend potential amendments to the United States Constitution to establish that corporations do not have the same constitutional rights as human beings and that campaign contributions and expenditures may be regulated. Um, And any resident of Massachusetts who is a U.S. citizen would be able to apply for appointment to the 15-member commission, and uh, members would serve without compensation. Um, and there's no staff, so a little bit. It's sort of uh, Massachusetts saying we think Citizens United right. is wrong. This is this which is, is sort is of important, a, right? It, it's this probably isn't going to produce immediate effects, but I think if 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 campaign finance reform and if the issue of corporate personhood and the ability of corporations to kind of impose their will on the political process through money. Um, and through spending is something that's important to you, it's very important to me, then a yes vote would establish this commission and, and effectively put this issue kind of front and center. Um, so that's kind of my take on it. Um, I don't we know ran vo- views and opinions before we started the show, right? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, our opinions aren't those of the station. Yes. But I'm um, a yes also on that one. Yeah, I, I, think, I think one of the most important things about that is it, it can be a symbolic vote uh, in favor of that of that, ter- like even if the the commission, everybody knows what commissions mean, but uh, <laughs> if, even if the the commission doesn't really do anything, um, that still would say that the people of Massachusetts think that this thing is wrong, right? Uh, and that'll send a signal to our elected officials, at least the um, our delegation, and yeah. uh, in how they should um, act from like going forward, right. Yes, it's it's uh, it's it's almost a referendum, um, you know, sort of in in place of an of an of yeah, a, not a non-binding referendum. It actually creates commission, so it is binding, but right. it's creates it's, a commission with no staff. It, and it no will money. get a sense of the state, I <laughs> yeah. think, is in terms of how we feel. And I I think it's um, I mean I haven't seen much polling on it. It's kind of hasn't received as much attention as the other two, but I'm hopeful it'll pass. I've seen one side. <laughs> And it was small, and on somebody's front yard. Oh, okay. Yes, you saw on one two. Side. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and on it looked two. handwritten. So. Yeah, yeah. Long yeah. Sign. Did, did they get the sharpies out? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Long sign polling. It wasn't I, bad. It wasn't bad. They spent some time <laughs> on it, but I was like, oh, okay. There's right. a sign. Question three. Oh, three another is. hot button <laughs> issue. Um, this is um, this funded of course, by outsiders, from what I understand. 
Right. Outside yeah, the this state, has become to turn Massachusetts. Oh my so. God, really? <laughs> this is Massachusetts's um, version of the famous, infamous, I should say, bathroom bill that um, hit North Carolina and a bunch of other states over the last couple years. Um, so essentially, what a um, um, a no vote on question three would repeal. It's it's a little confusingly worded, so you, so you need to be careful. A no vote will repeal <laughs> a 2016 law that prohibits discrimination in public accommodations, a.k.a. public bathrooms, on the basis of gender identity. A yes vote would preserve the existing law as it is. So uh, by way of context, this law was put in place specifically to protect uh, sort of gender nonconforming and transgender individuals. Um, and allow them to use the bathroom of their choice, the one that they feel sort of is, is appropriate for how they perceive themselves as an individual and, and their gender. Um, this question was put on the ballot by opponents of those protections um, in order to, uh, you know... Make an example of Massachusetts is what they're... <laughs> uh, well, that's, that seems to be it. And I, yeah, I, I think mean, they're going to lose, so let's hope. Right. This is... With a yes. I'm kind a of yes amazed this got on the ballot in the first place, but, you know, that's the, the decision of the uh, Secretary of State. So, um, so Who's up for election this year, by the way? Who is, uh, in fact, <laughs> and, Mr. And Galvin. Did, yeah, did some other interesting things to other ballot questions that never made it on Who the ballot. Who has been right. in office since, like, 1997. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, full disclosure, I supported Scott Zakem in his in his run against uh, Mr. Galvin in the primary, who did not win. Yeah. So Galvin is still on the poll. Is and do you say is there a Green Party candidate or somebody uh, running against? I don't no, think so. No, it's just Republican and Democrat. Okay. Yeah. There's not a lot of green on the. There's like some green rainbow stuff like in the local oh, races, yes, there but. Is. There is? The green rainbow is Juan Sanchez. Juan Sanchez, okay. And I didn't write down where he's from. I actually think he's from here somewhere. And it's Bill Galvin, the Democrat. Juan Sanchez is mm. the green rainbow. And Anthony Amore from Swamp Scott is the Republican. So three. Interesting. Three people on your ballot, so you might want to check out who they are. Oh, he says he's from Indian Orchard down near uh, Agawam. Oh, there you go. Or um, So, so yeah, close enough to local. Western Mass, yeah. Um, so yeah, so from the flatlands, right? <laughs> Never mind. So to wrap up question three, a yes vote on question three kind of protects these protections. Keeps um, in place what keeps in place the protections that are currently in law that sort of make you know um, basically make bathrooms and other public accommodations protected on the basis of gender identity. So if essentially if 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 the rights of non-gender conforming individuals or, or transgender individuals are important to you they are to me, then a yes vote uh, pr preserves those protections. And for me, I, that's the right way to go for me. Um, and, and I was going to say that I, I, too, am a yes vote on that. And I was confused because I read the Claire Higgins mm. um, editorial, and, and I thought I knew what she was doing, and I assumed I knew what she was doing, but she had to write a clarification because she never actually said vote yes, and that was her actual oh, position. Because okay. the editorial, it was you know, it was covered a lot of ground, and okay. you know, it's such a confusing question. And so she reiterated that she's a yes vote to keep in place, okay. which is you know good for the Democrats to just yeah. know where because she's kind of a Democratic leader in the in this area. So. Right. I'm hoping for an overwhelming yes vote. I would like to, see, you know, see an send see that a, message. In spite of all the money that's been spent on those scare, scary yeah, ads, yeah, the, the ads, I, I really, I mean, it's uh, 
I take I take moral umbrage at this. Um, yeah. How dare they come into our state? <laughs> yeah. I think that you know that kind of umbrage, issue of, sir. Of outside umbrage. <laughs> I'm very my mustache is quite ruffled by this. <laughs> um, so, but of course, this is a federal election. We have uh, House and Senate races, and I should point out uh, they're less talked about, but governor's races and state house races. And for a lot of people around the country, those are going to be at least as impactful. um, So we're going to squeeze this all in the rest of the hour, right? Oh, God. (laughs) We're going to do our best. And I remind remind everyone, this is kind of part one of our – you know, of, of our coverage of this election. Again, we'll have our live coverage Tuesday night from 9 to 11 here on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM. Yeah, we're pre-gaming. Yep. We're pre-gaming. Um, I just we'll want to interject about, the, about just the national um, uh, importance of the state, the state houses and the governorships. Um, we're almost to 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, we, when they have to redraw the, the, the electoral maps. Oh. Right. Uh, if right. and those are controlled by state houses. There's a reason why there are so many gerrymandered, crazily gerrymandered um, districts uh, right now. Because in twenty two thousand twenty ten, mm-hmm. like there was a huge red wave. Yes. Uh, so they it swept. It, there was a lot of push on the state level for uh, Republicans to get elected, which so is we could smart. Control- the- exactly. <laughs> no, it's this is something it's a that tactic. it is a tactic. No, this is something I'm always upset about with the Democrats. Like the everybody is really focused on federal level stuff. Nobody thinks about the state level. Nobody. The Democrats don't really have a farm team, meaning uh, state state level people that are coming up the ranks and they're learning how to be how to be lawmakers. So you get a lot of Republicans into the in there. Then they they run wild. No offense. They run wild. No offense. And <laughs> Republicans um, gone wild. <laughs> There's an image. It's, it's <laughs> like, it's kind of an analogy. You can have that one for free, folks. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus Christ. I think they're very All right, we're, we don't want Stefan here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's getting cut. So, but the, um, the most important thing is that getting, getting people that you like, I don't care what you, getting people that you like into, into office now means they, that at least in the, 2020 they'll be incumbent and they'll they'll have more um power power experience and usually incumbents get reelected. so if you are thinking about if you if gerrymandering and if uh if uh electoral maps and districting matters to you and it should it should matter then you really need to vote especially for uh offices that aren't going to come up in 2020 because mm-hmm. that's when the census is going to be. That's when, and then in 2021 they redraw everything. Yes, basically the next the cycle yeah. after the census. So is after counted. 2020, everybody gets in, and then they start redrawing districts. So vote. I know that we have people out of state. Vote, please vote. Vote in your state. Vote in your state. Early Remember to. <laughs> I I voted like two weeks ago. So, um, <laughs> vote uh, and. Uh, if vote for the people that you want mm-hmm. to be in charge of making new districts. Just a good note: um, the Supreme Court uh, did not um, throw out the trial about the census, the question on the census about citizenship this they afternoon. Didn't. They did not throw it out. It's gonna, it's gonna carry. It's gonna continue. Are they so. gonna have the 
the the guy like they're gonna subpoena the the folks that came up with the question uh, and all that stuff yeah <laughs> yeah that was just uh, uh, about four o'clock that came out i put a quick note to not forget to mention that right. the, that citizen question is who's it who there's a who's the secretary in charge of that that's um, my job to look this up. Hold yeah, I'm, no. I'm not sure, but but just just <laughs> to kind of write it down in my question, but I don't think I did. Just to kind of elaborate on the issue of of, of legislative and gubernatorial control over various state governments, we we have you know 50 total state governments, of course, um, and a hundred, I think, uh, 99 total um, chambers because I think it's the I think it's uh, Nebraska that has one chamber instead of two, um, but. There are 31 Republican-controlled legislatures and 14 Democratic-controlled legislatures. And there's four that are split between the upper and lower house in terms of control. And in terms of party control of state governments, this is where this is um, in a, uh, this is, would be where uh, one party has a trifecta. Oh, they okay. have the well, they have the governor's seat and control of the, um, the legislative branch. 26 states are completely Republican-controlled, have a Republican trifecta. Only eight states are Democratic, have a Democratic trifecta. So we will be looking to see if those numbers change after Tuesday. And, and the rest of the states and, and legislatures are split. Um, so, so that, as well, will, will remain to be seen. Um, I think some of the Republican governors, it's term limits that's taken them out. That it's not. There are. And it yeah. differs state. I mean, st every state's different and has kind of their own way of so doing these. So it made these, it a so. little more open than it would normally be um, to, to go further. Right. So. But I, my party's done really well with that. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> you have. And we will see if that continues <laughs> to be the case. I've heard the Democrats um, are head nationally 9% by it. Yes. And that's, you know, national is That's around local. where the, um, the average is. And again, that's going to vary a lot. Place by Local place. issues, all that stuff. I mean, they said Hillary was ahead too, and and it really yeah. depends on where. Mm -hmm. So we um, have um, in the House current things as currently stand um, out of uh, four hundred and what is it? Four hundred thirty-five. Four thirty-five. Four hundred thirty-five yeah. seats. Two hundred forty Republicans. One hundred ninety-five Democrats. Uh, Democrats need to take 22, uh, 23, 23 seats. Um, obviously, with a majority like that, uh, it, it's looking good for them to pick up seats. Whether it's going to be enough is the question. Um, the map looks, I mean, from, a, from the perspective of an election junkie, there is all kinds of interesting races. There are some House seats that are competitive this year that haven't Shouldn't been competitive be. yep. in the past. Yep. There are you're, we're seeing all sorts of changes taking Cruz place. Cruz and Beto. Beto uh, yes, Aurora. that's in the Senate. They're, the the yeah. Senate is a whole other ball game. Republicans currently have fifty-one to forty-nine advantage, um, and it's a very this is a very difficult map in the Senate for. Uh, Democrats, because that's why we pay you the big bucks, Stefan. It's, well, it's, yeah, the the, the, the he gets bucks paid. That, yeah, I, this is news to me as well. Um, this is difficult though because um, Democrats are playing defense for a lot of seats. The the, the yeah, the, more of theirs were up, right? Yeah, disproportionately, um, there. Uh, let's see. I want to say more of yours were up. The, um, it's there's something like tw there's like twenty something Democratic seats on that where Democrats are playing defense, and only a handful of Republican seats were the, on the offense. And part of the reason is is because Senate seats are cyclical. There's a third of the seats that come up for um, an election two every two years. So the these this crop of seats, the last time they were up for election was twenty um, twenty twelve. 
uh, which was a year where Republicans did better. Um, that was a presidential year. They had Mitt Romney at the top of the ticket. So a lot of these seats um, are they're playing defense on. Um, the, the, if I the, remember, uh, Obama said that they got shellacked. Or was yes. that for, oh, yeah. or was no, that 2010? Well, they got the they kind of got shellacked. 2020, uh, sorry, 2012 was kind of uh, a little more uh, equivocal, but 2010 and 2014, the, the last two midterm elections, Democrats really got hit hard because, as you said, genre Democrats, it's harder to get Democratic leaning voters out for those midterm races when there isn't a president. At a presidential election at the top of the ticket. We have to stop doing that as um, Americans. We have to start voting a little more. <laughs> I mean, the robustly last uh, last midterm, what it what was it like thirty percent um, vote or something like, like that? 30, yeah, thirty thirty five percent voter. It's turnout. routinely below fifty percent for yeah. midterms. And the people that are motivated by an issue go to the polls, mm-hmm. and that's exactly. the problem. It's and just those right. folks the, that go. And that that's the other thing that I, uh, about Democrats, they don't. <laughs> The the only time that they really push going to the vote is when something is happening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, um, it's the, something bad is going to happen, and exactly. you really need to. Like this year, there is so much get out the vote, um, and there is so much people like driving people, and, and and it's going to be it's a lot mm. of a lot of liberal people are doing that. But in just years when there's not a lot happening, or there's not something to be angry about. Then, then they don't do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the most vocal Republicans—they're always angry, so they always vote. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, Sue, we always we know how how mad you are. All I mean, not, I mean, like the the most vocal Republicans. You the mean most the Nuka Gay Whale for Christ Republicans, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Sorry. Oh my God. Um, yes. Yeah, well, so. but you know, it, it's a motivational a, a, approach. It's it's very interesting. Yeah. It works really well. That's, They're very sorry, lockstep. Just, I can't believe people fall for it every time, I, and yet they do. Oh, there's going to be men in the women's bathroom. Oh, you know, whatever mm-hmm. the whatever the fear tactic is. Oh, there's immigrants coming over the border. Be you know. Right. And it's very interesting because my party does seem to like to run on fear one of the mm-hmm. one thing that i found interesting just a little aside is yeah. that there was a um uh i don't know if it's still running it's called deco dc um it was created by a uh uh a an ex reporter from npr that went off and did like she was a she was the 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 house reporter and she went off and, and made her own podcast um interesting it uh finally able to say yeah it got really picked felt. up by like scripts or something um Anyway, uh, there was one uh, interview that she had where someone was saying that there's a reason why um, Republicans are are so good at getting people to the polls and getting people like riled up and everything because uh, of the way that they have organized the party. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Republicans are coming from business. They're coming like they have uh, experience in advertising. They have experience in uh, management and things like that, mm. um, and they apply those we skills. We are the doers. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They apply those skills. No, no. They they apply well, those skills the, to the stereotype. Right. Well, I'm, but still, like a lot of uh, a lot of Republicans come from from that stock. Yeah, business. And, uh, how to motivate big? Yeah. So know, they organized. they understand that and they apply those skills to their to their lawmaking and how to how to uh, generate um, interest and everything like that. Um, Democrats, a lot of them come from the heart. Like, well, yeah, 
Yeah, they're wimps. No, they. Um, I just got thrown out of the Republican Party for that statement. <laughs> well, no, they, 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 they. I mean, there's a reason why the. That's the, what did it. <laughs> there's a reason why the. I still um, have my card. Why they the still let me go. Like, or why the stereotype is bleeding heart lower because they a lot of mm. them come from uh, civil. Um, what is it called? Civil social services. So yeah, services and right. and, uh, and and nonprofits and stuff like that, and they want to help. And the other thing is that Democrats they want to combine and they want to listen and they want to listen to everybody's voice. It's a consensus. And, and try to get a consensus and try to it's figure really out what's hard. best for everybody. Better to have a general. And that's the thing. Like the <laughs> that's the thing. Uh, Republicans they figure out what their plank is and they go for it, and that's it. Like if you don't if and there was uh, they were talking to some some congress people if they don't toe the line, then they don't they get, get RNC money. Yeah, they right. don't get anything like that. Yeah. They have to. They have to go to uh, spend X amount of time doing calls. I think the Democrats have that requirement of their guys too. They but, probably yeah. do, but I mean that's that's the thing. Like but the Republicans are much better difference. of getting everybody in and. That, and that's that's fine. I'm glad that there's a such a major difference between the two styles. The problem is that one is very, very focused on getting into power so you can do things. And one is very, very focused on getting the right people into power. Mm-hmm. And, and, the I mean, like is... the, the people that not the right people, but like the people that they like most. Right. And there I mean, there's that sense of, oh, I don't like either person, so I'm not going to vote. Um and you can't just wait for a good person. That's what a lot of anyway. Right. I, that's my rant. No, it's true. <laughs> the, the, the expression I heard it. The expression I heard it put as is uh, Democrats fall in love, Republicans fall in line. Yes, exactly. And it and it really it it, it it's often true. Now I I think this election we're going to see a change in that because I think the amount of wild. enthusiasm this, and yeah. outrage I think on the Democratic side is is substantial. And I think it now whether or not. Assuming that pans out, that carries forward to future elections. Outrage doesn't stick around. Um, that's the that's the problem. Is this going to be, be another so long? You yeah. know, a flash in the pan. Um, I think, and this is sort of an off the you know not not well supported prediction, but I think you're going to see a lot of young women, a lot of different people new to the process, who who will win, just mm. because it feels like a year for that. That right. if you have a long legacy, would you say Bill Galvin's been in office since ninety seven? Ninety seven. Yeah, I nineteen seventeen. I, yeah. I think it's at times that's that's um, momentum mm -hmm. and keeps you in office. And I think times like these is where they people kind of get turned out of office for having right. just been in the system too long and nothing. Yeah. You know, and people aren't happy with you. We the saw outcome. that with Capuano and Presley in, yes. the, in Boston in the primary. Yeah, that was um, great. We've exactly. got a break. For some, uh, some station announcements, we'll be back to talk more about other things and the Senate coming up on Civil Politics. Do you gamble more often and longer than you planned? Have other people suggested you may have a gambling problem? Do you wish you could stop or cut down your gambling, but you just can't? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you may have a gambling problem. We understand the problem. We can help. We're the Mass Council on Compulsive Gambling. Please call us at 1-800-426-1234 or chat with us online at masscompulsivegambling.org. The confidential helpline number is 1-800-426-1234. The Oblivion Express, old-school, free-form, eclectic radio programming every Thursday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. on Valley Free Radio. Since 1981, the Oblivion Express has been traveling the musical spaceways in the valley 
an eclectic mix of music from the 1940s to today and featuring just about every genre, rock, jazz, blues, world, folk, reggae, and so much more. Join me, DJ Funkadelic Fern, every Thursday morning on the Oblivion Express. This is Ruthie from Pedal People with a public service announcement. If you frequent downtown Northampton or Florence and you pass by the recycling and trash bins on the street, the public ones, I'm here to let you know that cups are not recyclable. No plastic cups, no paper cups, no styrofoam cups, no clear cups, red cups, blue cups, yellow cups, no insulated cups. Because if you put cups in the recycling bin, it means either I pick them out or someone at the sorting facility picks them out in Springfield, or it contaminates the whole load too much that the whole load is considered trash. Or if you can just bring your own cup all together and not have disposable cups, that'd be even better. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your cooperation. Hey, Mom, how about this game? What's it rated? Uh, let's see. T for teen with violence and suggestive themes? Uh, no. Video games are fun, but not all games are right for all players. Look for the rating symbol and content descriptors and read the rating summaries that tell you what's actually in the game. This one better? Oh, much. For more information about ratings and rating summaries, visit ESRB.org. Football is a sport that unites fans, players, and coaches alike in a spirit of competition and camaraderie. Football season has come to our area, and while you're watching a game with friends or sharing in the excitement with family, be sure to celebrate responsibly. Never pick up the keys and drive if you've had too much to drink. And if you're 21, drinking alcohol is against the law. Remember, alcohol is different. Let's all work together to keep our roads and communities safe and have a winning season. This message is brought to you by your local beer distributors and this station. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! You're listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. Today, community broadcasting is more important than ever. Corporate interests affect what music we hear on commercial radio, and real news and opinion take a backseat to ratings and profits. Valley Free Radio is owned by its members, operated by volunteers. It's programming created by your friends and neighbors, and it's wholly supported by the community. Please consider going to www.valleyfreeradio.org donate to support free speech in the Pioneer Valley. Thank you so much. By now, you have heard that using compact fluorescent light bulbs, or CFLs, can save you money on your energy bill. But have you heard that there is a law requiring Massachusetts residents to recycle them? Keep in mind, they can't be recycled curbside, so do your part. Drop off your used CFLs at your local participating retailer. For more information on recycling and where to do it, visit lamprecycle.org Massachusetts. We're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, Northampton, 103.3 FM. I'm Stefan Ward-Wheaton, pirating away <laughs> Mike Dow's usual seat um, to talk about of all things. No That's because you're a data nerd. You yeah, know, yeah. It's like I'm data is, nerding out and, oh, in advance of the midterm elections. Where this is great. We're going through a whole list of stuff. And, of course, you know, we've got more coverage coming up Tuesday night, so tune in for that at 9 p.m. on Tuesday. Yeah, we'll have um, Occupy folks here. Uh, we'll have Occupy folks in the room occupying the studio <laughs> along with us. Um, I do want to – we talked a little bit about the House last year um, – last 
section, and um, it Democrat. There seems to be a, a, a relative consensus that Democrats are going to do well in the House. Whether they take back the House or not is a bit of a question, but they're they're posed they're poised to pick up a substantial number of seats in the Senate. Things look very different. Republicans are actually favored somewhat to keep the chamber. But it's going to be very tight. As I said, it's a 51-49 split. And since Mike Pence is the, uh, vice, the Republican vice president, Democrats, a 50-50 split is effectively a Republican majority because he cast a tiebreaker vote. So Democrats need a, a net pickup of at least two seats. Now, I want to, there's a, like a, about a half dozen or a little more of seats that everyone should be, races that everyone should be watching. I think if you want to zero in on the Senate and see what's happening there as results come in on Tuesday. Um, the really contested seats are um, for the, the Democrats are playing defense in Florida. Bill Nelson, who's been a longtime senator from Florida, is running against Rick Scott, former Republican governor. Um, very tight race in Florida. Obama was uh, former President Obama was just campaigning there um, in in favor of Bill Nelson. He doesn't have a Obama doesn't have a great track record for turning a race. You know, he's gone no. in a lot well, of times. Well, we'll see. You know, yeah, this we he, may see. He well, may be more effective out, out of, of office, office than yeah. in office. Good point. Um, in Indiana, Democrats are playing defense. Joe Donnelly is um, a first, I think, a first-term uh, senator coming up for his first re-election. Indiana's a Republican-leaning seat, but Donnelly's done well in the polls and has kind of managed to, I think, build build a local base of support. Um, so I, I cautiously, I would say he's, he will probably take it, but these are very close. I mean, this could go either way. Do you remember who he's running against? Uh, he's running against Mike Braun, and I don't know much about him, um, except that, you know, the Republicans have a very deep bench in Indiana, so it's, he's probably, he's probably well-positioned as a candidate. Um, Claire McCaskill in Missouri. Oh, yeah, I watched the debate on that she, one. Uh, highly contested. Um, she's probably best known, um, or her, uh, the, her, the last election she was in was 2012, along with all these other races. And she ran against Todd Aiken, who famously made comments about how a woman's body can, sh um, can shut down a pregnancy if it's a, if it's a, <laughs> it's a <rape>. pregnancy <laughs> by rape, which what ended up working in her favor electorally because it was such an outrage. But Missouri, Missouri is one of these states that used to be kind of in the center and has been trending to the right in recent years. So she's going to have to do a lot of work to keep that seat. Do you remember who um, she's... Uh... And remember, these are all seats where Democrats are playing defense. If they want to pick the Senate up, they need to more. hold these seats and take re at least two Republican seats. And the seats that they're best positioned to take... Oh, also Heidi Heitkamp in uh, North Dakota, also playing defense. That's going to be a very tough I race for her. I saw her debate, too, and um, amazing she's she's a very solid citizen it's it's interesting and she took a really yeah. tough vote on kavanaugh she did she did yeah. she, she, she voted did against willingly. his confirmation yeah which and, and north dakota is you know it usually goes red in in presidential years and in m many years but there is a tradition of kind of uh plains democrat um, and there's also a long tradition of a Democrat having one Senate seat and a Republican having another seat. This is something I learned. Tom Daschle was the Senate ma oh, ma yes. majority and minority leader from North Dakota. So there are state-level factors that make this more competitive for Democrats, but they're still playing tough race there. Um, but the, the best pickup opportunities are in Nevada. Arizona and Texas, and that's almost Texas. entirely because of the Latino vote that has been energized. The, the, there's a there's an alliance between Latino voters, white liberals, and black voters in these states, 
and in Texas especially, this is one that Republicans need uh, to be very worried about because yeah, Texas is the crown jewel of the Republican uh, coalition. And if, if Democrats make serious inroads on taking Texas in state-level races, then it's, it's going to be very tough for them to hold we'll on to the position. return to the Johnson years as I remember them. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. Um, yeah. Ted Beto, Cruz. Beto O'Rourke. O'Rourke. Is running against Ted Cruz. Yeah. Ted Cruz is well known Beto's to everyone. a good debater. I saw that debate. He, he is. is. Yeah. And he's running very close. It's, Isn't it, that amazing? Cruz is still favored. It's, it's a, he's a Republican in Texas. I mean, obviously, yeah. it makes sense that he's favored in this race, but if, Great if, debate if you if want to this, watch it. This is probably one of the most exciting races in this cycle in the Senate. In Arizona, um, this is uh, Jeff Flake's seat. Jeff Flake is retiring. Oh, that's right. And his seat is coming Ooh. up for election. Um, this is John McCain's <laughs> uh, seat is not coming up for election, I should point out. Some people thought it was, but it, it's the, being held by former right? Senator John Kyle, who is an appointment from the governor. And that's that is uh, that seat will go up for election again in 2020. So wait for that. I thought that was going to be a special election in like January. I see. I think it's the special. It, it, I think this my understanding is that the. Uh, Kyle is going to fill out the remainder of McCain's term, term. but I could be wrong about that. Maybe they have another date planned. Um, But the election is between uh, Kirsten Sinema on the Sinema on the Democratic side and Martha S I N E M A. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I think it is like the cinema, like the theater. That's funny, Kirsten Sinema, and Martha McSally on the Republican side. Arizona is a state that has been kind of a safe Republican state for many years, and that is now changing. And a lot of it is due to the demographic changes in the state. The state's getting younger; it's getting more multiracial, and you're seeing that play out in Nevada. Dean Heller is uh, was elected in 2012. And he is now running for re-election against Jackie Rosen, who is a congresswoman from Las Vegas. And she is now running for uh, the Senate against him. Nevada is another state. Used to be considered a pretty safe Republican state, but has actually flipped over and now leans blue. Oh, that's interesting um, from when Harry In Reed... the last several presidential elections, for example, um, Nevada voted pretty consistently. Nevada voted for Clinton, yeah. um, for example, um, and not Trump. So, so which was the Democrat and which was the Republican? Jackie Rosen is the Democrat. Dean Heller is the incumbent Republican in that seat. And Dean Heller is, is looking very embattled. I would rate that's, I would rate this as one of the Democratic Party's better pickup opportunities. And there's another outside race, which is in Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn is running against Phil Bresden. And I think Phil Bresden is a former gov- governor or secretary. So, I mean, there, he, yeah. he's, he has a presence in the state, and it's actually looking more competitive than usual. Marsha Blackburn is, is, a, is a congresswoman, and she's now running for Senate. Um, Tennessee is a state where you'd expect Republicans to do well and probably take it in a walk. But I think the combination of the national national mood in this election and the fact that Taylor Swift has come out in favor of Bresden and has broken her long um, her long silence on matters political to actually kind of stump for Democrats and specifically that race. I have no idea if that's actually making an impact, but it's fun to Hard consider. Hard to know. Yeah. And, it's, and I don't think Republicans really want to be playing defense in this seat. So, the, so these are the seats to watch again. Florida, Indiana, Missouri, North Dakota, 
Texas, Arizona, and Nevada. I think the, the, this is where control of the Senate is going to be fought out. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if we'll you get a chance to watch all. some of the debates, some of them are great debaters and some of them are not. And it's very interesting. I kind of always judge it on how calm the person is. Right. When when they're debating and they look furtively and are defensive, you know, people see that on the yes. air in their debates. And you can see a lot of that defensiveness in some of um, the folks in my party. Or they move to the center. That's the other thing I've seen them do is right, move to right. the center. And the other thing I've seen happening is that the Democrats will accuse them of not having town meetings. We talked about this on the break a little bit. And it's true. They're, they're not necessarily having town meetings in their districts. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's sort of like how defensive are you? Right. And why are you talking about the environment now when mm-hmm. you didn't before? You know, it's interesting. They're moving. I can feel my party sort of on individual races like Florida because yeah, yeah, of all yeah. the algae and everything. They're kind right. of— climate change is still to Florida for yeah, sure. Yeah, and, they, and they just, they've just modified slightly what they've said. Well, and there have been a record number of retirements yeah. before on, on the congressional yes, level. a and, lot of my Republican Party retired— that, like that's cons- exactly that's considered yeah. to be a bit of a bellwether. Um, I want to talk just there's a couple more New England races because here in you know it seems like there's less going on in New England than other parts of the state, but we've still got a lot of exciting stuff. Um, the Vermont gubernatorial election. Phil Scott is a Republican who's uh, held that seat and is fairly popular, from what I understand. Even though Vermont is a very Democratic leaning state, uh, running against Christine Halkvist, who is the first transgender uh, major party candidate for um, a, a gubernatorial, a federal level office of, a, of the stature of a gubernatorial office. He's a smoother talker than Phil Christine. Scott is. Yeah, because yeah, I watched part um, of that debate too, and I was like, she's a huge wonk. Yeah, but she yes. she was not quite you know not smooth. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I this is that's gonna be fun to watch. She's earnest though. She is earnest. And I think that's really um that may this may be the year of that. That's really uh doing her well in Vermont. Yeah. Uh, she's very she's very forthright and she's very this is what I think and I wanna help with this. I wanna help. And yeah. th- and that is instead of being smooth, she's just very um approachable. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think. Um well, I, I I saw an interview with her and about uh, um, on Sam on Full Frontal. Oh, on um, uh, uh, Sam Sam B. Sambi's yeah, show. Um, and uh, one of the things that they were talking about was um, so how so they were trying to make her race sound really exciting and everything, and she, they're like, "What is your major issue?" And she's like, "Well, we need to get broadband to all of our areas in Vermont," <laughs> and they're like. What? And then, <laughs> yeah, this is this is really. And then they talk to all these people at like a rally. They're like, "Yeah, we need broadband because we need to run our businesses yeah. and everything like yeah, that." Yeah, and it's poor That's coverage. It's a big problem in a lot of rural areas. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Western Mass too. Yeah. It's very true. Um, question. Yes. Is the how's the gubernatorial race in Maine? Is that happening? Uh, that was the yeah. very next thing I was going <laughs> to oh, talk about. So, you, yeah. <laughs> so Maine is of a special interest to me because, as those of you who followed the show going rank back, choice. know, I'm very active in the rank in the movement to bring ranked choice voting, also known as instant runoff voting, to Massachusetts and to other states. And as of 2016, it was approved by the voters for use in Maine for all of their state elections. And um, this is now, after some 
politicking back and forth. Yeah, it was in and out and in and out. The governor tried to veto it, and actually they had something called the people's veto. (laughs) It's an actual thing called the people's veto, where the the popular referendum overturned the veto. Of the governor. Exactly. It's it's like pro wrestling. I love it. Yeah, Um, Maine is cool. So so the people's veto brought it back, and this is now the first election where it's going in effect in Maine. So the people of Maine are going to be voting with ranked choice voting on Tuesday. And don't they have a race that has four people? in it that that may actually be determined they well they have a couple they have a couple state level races i don't have those in front of me but the the big kahuna is the govern the gubernatorial election in maine um paul lepage who is a very controversial loved right and yeah well (laughs) quite unpopular by the numbers republican (laughs) governor elected to two terms in a in three-way races both of them and he got i think 30 36 to 38 percent of the vote the first time yeah, it was split and like 42 percent of the vote so this was a big kind of example of how spoiler election you know how yeah. our our voting system as it is enables candidates with minority support to get in if there are enough other candidates reinforces against the two-party system right the, the tyranny of the two-party system um but he's uh, ter- uh lepage is term limited so he's not running again Instead, um, there are three people in this race, so it's probably going to be an example. Oh, it's okay. going to be a great test case for what happens in a multi-party race under ranked choice voting rules. Sean Moody is the Republican um, running, and um, I, I think he, he ran for the office before in 2010 as an, as an independent candidate. Um, obviously didn't win. The Democratic candidate is attorney, current attorney general for the state, Janet Mills. And um, state treasurer, Terry Hayes, uh, has qualified for the ballot as an independent. Um, so there's going to be at least three. And actually, I'm seeing now that at, there's another, uh, Alan Karen, who is a, a business, just says he's a businessman, uh, is also on the ballot. Um, but he I, I, he may be considered a bit of an also-ran because I don't see him on the top-level results. Um, but this is going to be very exciting for those yeah, of us who are interested have... in electoral reform. So they'll have the vote. Um, and then if nobody gets 50%, then they reallocate the yes. votes the, the until way they get to somebody that's 50%. Is that, exactly I that right? Exactly right. If, if in the first round of balloting, if nobody clears the 50% threshold, it basically, um, the, the process under ranked choice voting simulates a runoff election, except it takes place at the same time as the original election. Nobody has to vote again. Um, basically, the bottom vote getter gets eliminated. The votes get re counted with the second choice votes um, of the people who voted for the eliminated candidate um, the first time getting redistributed so if, say you voted for the the bottom the bottom person in the election on your first on um, your first um, um, you know, on the first go around essentially then um, and and they don't get in uh, that candidate gets eliminated and your number two choice is now counted your your vote moves to your number two choice they count it again and so on and so forth until somebody gets over 50 until somebody of the wins. Vote. so essentially you can vote for a minor party candidate who has next to no chance of winning just put without your second w- choice exactly and yep. your second or third and your second or third choice can be the candidate That's you expect to end up with um, and that you want to see win. So this kind of eliminates a spoiler effect, has a lot of other beneficial um, kind of uh, all, you know, effects in, in places where it's been used, which I can talk about at another time. I don't want to take over this I think, show. I think um, there is another, there's a House seat in Maine that's got four people yes, running. Yes, so the that, one Republican House seat in New yeah, England is, yeah. 
which was considered until a couple weeks ago to be kind of a hold for the Republicans. It um, uh, this uh, fellow's name is let me pull Jared it up Golden. Here. Is that the one? Jared Golden? I think is running against him. Yeah, and, that's the Democrat. Uh, I should remember this guy's name because it's not I, Tiffany Bond. Bruce um, Bruce Poliquin. Bruce Poliquin. Oh, Bruce did Poliquin. You, did you know what he said? What did he say? Oh, this I heard this today. I can't believe I just heard this. He said, "I'm not putting in any second, third, or fourth choices on my ballot. Oh, I'm gonna. Right. He's gonna bullet vote himself, really? which is a thing you can do in ranked choice voting. It doesn't raise the other votes. That could. Yeah, there, there yeah. are <laughs> other. Can, there are a couple like minor party candidates or independent candidates running yeah. the election, so he could end up yeah. shooting himself in the foot. Yeah. under this system. Yeah, because um, he's announced it. He didn't just do it secretly. He right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to know more about ranked voting and about the work that uh, Stefan has been doing, uh, you can listen to the Civil Politics episode from May 26th of last year. Uh, it is entitled Vote Early, Vote Often. Um, <laughs> um, that's when we had my friend Tom Peak. That's uh, correct. Council, council, city council member from East Hampton. That's uh, correct. Who also does work on this issue. So, so there's a, and if you were listening to our repeat episode that airs Mondays on, on Valley Free Radio at four o'clock, uh, last week we actually aired that episode. So, um, that's what that's what that was all if about. If you heard that, that's what that yeah. was. <laughs> but if you are interested in rank voting and, and really diving into all of the, the really interesting and, and uh, interesting effects of of that and all that, then uh, I'm going to post the link to it on the Facebook and Twitter under Civil, Civil References, or you can go to civilpoliticsradio.com and just search for the uh, May, May 26th of 17, of 2017. Awesome. Thank you, Genre. Um uh, I should uh, if if so if we're kind of in the closing moments of the show I, I do want to point out um, if people want to do campaigning in these last few days and and you want to find races near to you that are are consequential in addition to all the ones we've talked about I would say that that those main races are are good if you want to sort of phone bank or call up to Maine or if you have connections up there used to be the same state um, as Massachusetts so there's some there's some kinship <laughs> there also across the border. Um, in uh, New York, the state of New York, the 19th Congressional District, John Faso, the Republican, is holding on to that seat for now, but he's going up against Anthony Delgado, who is um, he's African-American, for one thing, um, uh, but he's also he's very accomplished in other ways. Um, and I'm, I've, I've a done a little work supporting a very tight race. It's one of the best pickup opportunities for Democrats in New York for the congressional races. So, um, and, and it's right across the border. That district borders the, the, the New York-Massachusetts border. So um, it's not far away at all. Um, and, and in addition to that, you know, the, um, the, the, Vermont, the Vermont race is also very interesting, the Vermont governor's race. Yeah, that, um, that'll be fun. To do you watch. have any other, uh, any other races a, or issues you're focused on? Yeah, soon? I have just one event. Um, I just want to mention it because I think it's horrifying. Uh, Ernestine Holloway in Connecticut is running for one of the rep seats. And the person, she's the Democrat, um, she's running against a Republican, Susan Besowitz. I can't quite oh, yeah. get her name, something like that. Uh, but, yes, Polish but, last name. Yeah, so the state trooper who drives for the um, the candidate told Ernestine Holloway, who was going door-to-door -door, mm -hmm. um, soliciting votes, that she needed a permit to be able to do that. Wow. And they stopped her in a one of the towns in Connecticut. Sort of a big deal. There's Whoa. probably going to be a lawsuit. And I just wanted to say out loud that political 
speech is the most highly protected speech. You can put a sign on your lawn, you can hand out flyers, and there's only one place you can't really do that, and that's around the polls. You have to stay 150 feet away from the polls. But that's right. our sister state. People are horrified that this happened, and they're going to look into it and see, you know, if there was some reason the driver's been fired by the other candidate because they really didn't want that to happen. Right. But to that's a big state trooper boo-boo. using their credentials to stop somebody from campaigning is... Um, yeah, out of the fifties. <laughs> yes, I say that out of the nineteen fifties. I, I like, yeah, yeah. So. It's, it's yeah, clearly not acceptable. And you might guess the race of Ernestine Holloway. Hmm. I'll leave it at that. Uh, one other thing: if you are interested in phone banking uh, for for um, any of the questions, or for any of the questions, or if you want to support a uh, a race that is outside the state or something like that, um, call their call their political office or call their main office, the candidate's office, because some of them use online phone banking. Yes. Uh, so you can call from your computer um, using using VoIP or something like that nice. and support the um, support what's going on uh, at their in their in their district. So awesome. Yes. Great. Great. Great plug for that. We're going to be up late um, Tuesday night. I think. We are. We're going to be <laughs> some of us are going to be up very late, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So the final reminder, uh, we are going to be live uh, nine to eleven at least on Tuesday night um, at, here on Valley Free Radio with uh, members of Occupy the Airwaves, our, our Sunday morning show. Um, joining us for that so please tune in if you want and we hope you do on Tuesday night as you're following the midterm election results and um, we now have to break uh, DJ Wendy is coming on with subculture right after this but thank you for joining us this is Stefan Ward Wheaton uh, interim host for civil <laughs> politics Executive thanks for listening Mike Dow will be back next week along with the usual cast um, have a great night this show is part of the planet side productions network For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro and thank you for listening.